We're going deep dive into your life. This is sad news for some people, all the type A's out there. You need more recovery days. I'm sorry to tell you if the gym is your therapy, I totally get that. You need to be able to bring down the intensity, the number of intense days that you have per week as you ages needs to be relative. It needs to stay in balance. The amount of intensity that you can have at 20 and the amount of intensity that you can have at 45, they're just not the same. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Welcome back, guys. I'm Rachel. Happy 2024. Happy 2024. We're so happy to have you here for our 10,000th year of doing the podcast. Can't believe we hit the major milestone of 10,000 years <laughs> doing the podcast. We're just really killing it over here. Mm. I was just talking to Rachel about girl math, but in time sense. And I think it's really funny that um, like so many of us do this. Like for me, especially like my concept of time is really non-existent. <laughs> it's not good. So like I was making a joke about it yesterday when it, when I was saying like, okay, so I know I have to be somewhere at a certain time and then I leave my house at that time. And I'm like, I don't teleport. That's <laughs> like, not how that works. Like, it's, that's not the time you actually <laughs> leave or like, oh, be there in five minutes, leaving in five minutes. Translation. <laughs> no, and, then, and not, so not even leaving right now <laughs> and not counting any of the drive time. Um, I just got to put on a little mascara. That's what I always say. <laughs> I just got to put on a little mascara. Oh, it's going to be so quick. I just have to put on a little mascara. Five coats later. <laughs> I'm sorry that it takes me five coats of mascara to even look awake. <laughs> it really was just that one task, but <laughs> like the gauge of how long that single task was going to take is out of control. I think like one, of, okay. So anyone who's ADHD will hear me on this. It, one of the things that annoy me the most about like my time management things is that like I'll have a, a thing I know I need to get to and I'll work backwards hours and hours from that like backwards to the point of like what time do I need to wake up which is always two hours before I need to like start moving <laughs> it's so weird to me too that like you woke up you see it's so weird because you're like, okay, I need to be somewhere at 7 a.m. So I'm going to wake up at 4.30, but then you're s still late to the thing. So it's so weird to me how you have to be the, the way that you plan when you're waking up is so not in, it doesn't coordinate with any of your other things because you'll always wake up way earlier than necessary and leave way later than necessary. Yeah. No, this is, this is a common thing with ADHD. It's it, there's like, oh, it is. yeah, there's like so many videos about it, about like oh. how like an appointment somewhere it causes so much anxiety that you're working backwards from what time you need to like physically be awake and, and get there. And then the but amount of time, late? well, it's a, it's a concept of time situation. So like the, what they've found is that like, if you actually kind of like wake up later or feel more rushed to do the thing, you're more likely to be on time rather than like building up the anxiety about it with like yeah. having to wake up so much earlier. And like this girl I followed did a really funny. If I have to be there at seven, I'm waking up at 637. 
See, do not exactly that causes me. How many minutes can I get? Like I will do it in minutes. How long can I sleep? I would never wake up unnecessarily early for anything ever. In fact, here's the thing. On Saturdays, I get to the gym at eight. I wake up at six. <laughs> like the gym is 10 minutes away from where I live. And you just have to throw on a coat of mascara. And I, li- and I don't like, yeah, like it, it doesn't, it's not like a, a built up thing. It's just like, okay, well, I got to like acclimate to the world. <laughs> like, but you don't. I got to no. warm up to it. Like I have to do these things. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I do though. Like I I do, like I have so like my concept of time has been so distorted for so long that it causes a tremendous amount of anxiety. So that, that backs it up to like feeling like you have to wake up so much earlier and like to try and like get the thing done. Like the effort is all there. Anxiety doesn't work in the fact that you have to like leave at the appropriate time though. (laughs) Rachel's well, trying only, like, Rachel can wait, only understand her anxiety. She can't understand no. other people's anxiety. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand why it's like for the wake up part, but not for the like, I have to leave part. Well, so here's the thing, because you know, you're going to get distracted from now until then, like certain things could happen that just pushes everything off. So like for this is where I was getting to like, for the most annoying thing is like, I'll be like, Oh, okay. Like I have so much time here. I'll be doing the things. I'll notice the mirrors. Oh yeah. Now (laughs) it's clear. (laughs) I notice like a mirror is dirty. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to Windex this. There's no need to Windex right now at 7 (laughs) a.m. But like, you know, you're building in time that like I could see a thing and then blah 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 and the next thing you know it's 8 a.m. <laughs> okay so it's a it's a I'll I'll build in my distractibility time but then the distractibility just takes sometimes over. it goes too far <laughs> yeah the windows need to be washed. I think like, I'll paint I've this room. I've literally done that, and I've but I watched videos on it, which made me feel so like um, like reassured. They're like, "Oh, you have a couple extra minutes." Like, "Oh, I, I should really wash that window. I could wash that window right now." <laughs> it's like, no, no, this is not the time to wash the windows. I once found myself cleaning white sneakers when I was supposed to like be getting ready to go because I was like, "Oh, I could I could just wash those real quick." So then I got the were you sponge. wearing them? No, I wasn't even wearing them. I was going to wear them the next week. And I knew in the back of my mind, they needed to be washed and needed to be cleaned. And I was going to oh, try this. in advance? Do I you know. Think it was, was so weird. And then like, wow. I was like, oh, I have this time. And I had this new like bar of soap that I got. My friend Steph told me about it. it was like, She calls it the Portuguese soap, but I don't know if that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that's right. <laughs> My last name is Aruda by marriage. <laughs> I don't know anything about their soaps. <laughs> the Portuguese soap, and she says it takes away everything. So I got the sponge to get the soap. And then I'm like sitting on the floor, like really getting into like cleaning this and my mind's going. And then I was like, Jesus, what, how long have you been here? <laughs> like, well, so anyway, yeah, I mean, just a coat of mascara, <laughs> just, just real quick, just throw on this mascara. You know, time's a thing that is, it's coming no matter what, you're not going to stop it. It's a speeding train and whether or not you have a good concept of it, it's always happening. And I think today's episode is one of those situations where you need to check yourself or riggedy wreck yourself because trying to prevent time, the passage of time and trying to fight against it is a losing battle, sis. So this is such an interesting thing because I think a lot of people have, I think you fall under two categories. Like you have some anxiety around time and like the passage of time. And some people are, and I think this changes throughout your life. So I don't think one of these two camps you're going to stay in forever. And I think there is a point in your life where time just like doesn't exist, like getting older doesn't exist and like needing to care for a body that is getting older doesn't exist. You're just so reckless. You just 
feed it anything. You don't worry about any like exercise, stretching, whatever. So, and then they're on the other side of that. You are aware that time is passing and just get this kind of like jolt of like, wow, I need to maximize the time here. So I would say you spend a lot more percentage wise in the latter. The, sh- the first one is so fleeting of like, oh, I don't need to care. The majority of your life is spent noticing <laughs> things are in decline. No, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, that only lasts like in the big scheme of your life. If the average age is like, you know, 70 something, you only are reckless like until you're 30. Well, and I don't mean just reckless. I mean, the usage of our time is also at play there because like, are we living as if it is finite? Because a lot of people, until you get to a certain stage, you don't, there's no concept that like, not to be morbid, but like, there's no concept that like you are going to die. And it's just like this thing that like maybe will be and like, no, (laughs) that's not going to happen. And how are you living your days here? Like, are you just like getting through it? Because I, I just wonder with how many people say like they're getting through the week or they're getting through the day and how many times you're saying that throughout your years that do you have a concept that this is finite and this is your one time around? Just the, just the singular time. Only in the scheme of putting on a coat of mascara, it's, <laughs> it's not even, it, and it's a blink of an eye. Really. Well, it's like what is the most important things during those times? Like what are the things that you're going to, like wish and remember and value and like think about what the, I think it's always a good opportunity to think about what those things are and then structure your behavior in your time from there. Like, will I have wanted to spend more time with the people that mean the most to me? Or like, will I have wanted to make more money? Like what are the things that are the most important to you? And then structure your time based on that. That's so much of what we're going to talk about in today's episode in practical terms, because um, as we get older, so much about our fitness and our nutrition and our health and our lifestyle starts to naturally change. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is trying to actively fight against that where, you know, our body is sending signals that things are cha- things are a changing and simply saying like, no, no, I won't let you. I'm used to running five days a week and I'm going to keep running five days a week, no matter what you tell me, because that is, that's how I identify my fitness. And I think some of the time that we get caught up in this anti-aging, that aging is the enemy and that we have to constantly be in a war with our bodies to stop getting fat and stop getting old and stop, which none of these things aren't, as far as aging, this isn't a thing that you can like try really hard at. And (laughs) (laughs) that's what I mean by beat it. Like, (laughs) it's not one of those things. It's not one of those things. But you know, what we see with people that are getting older and needing to change up their fitness routines is this sort of, first of all, the fighting against it. And then the like sort of defeat of like, well, you know, if I can't run five days, then I'll just run zero and I'm just old now. I'm old and I can't do the things I once did. And as true as that statement is, It is also so not true. It's just like every single other thing where in each stage, we need to look at what we're being given and then we need to work with what we've got. And what we're going to talk about in this episode is adjusting appropriately your fitness, nutrition, and just general health around the fact that what you can do and what's going to be appropriate in your 20s, in your 40s, in your 60s are all going to be very different. And not addressing that and just trying to constantly fight against it is going to lead to nothing but ineffectiveness in general. 
I think that when we start to talk about how to make those changes and and going into different and being adjustable and moving into different areas of your life, I think it's just important to talk about the growth mindset because we can hyper focus on the things that you're losing. You're losing fitness, you're losing muscle, you're whatever when it comes to aging. And it seems like it's this like downward spiral, but in reality, I would love, I would love for you guys to think about some of the things that you've gained and will continue to gain throughout your life and how important those are and where those fall on your value system. Because we have so much to gain as we get older and as we become more of ourselves and as we kind of lean into the person that we want to be and evaluate what that is, as long as your mindset is in a growth mindset and flexible to what that can look like and what that means to you, it can be a really exciting time. And it can be a really positive experience. And it doesn't have to be each year filled with this kind of like dread of what you're losing and not focusing on what you're gaining. And I think this can be really hard for people who have a more fixed mindset or are used to repeatedly doing the same thing over and over and they, and they stick to an identity and don't allow that identity to change throughout the year. I am this or I was this and that is who I will always be. Like you're going to be someone different. I'm going to be someone different next year. Well, the thing is about that mindset is like you, that kind of type A, you often find those people in the majority in fitness because like (laughs) so many of the people that prioritize their health and nutrition and you see them at the gym all the time and you see them, you know, making, doing the necessary things in their mind to be successful in fitness. So many of them are that type A personality where they identify as something and they are in these fixed routines and any disruption to that is some sort of attack on their character. And that's really hard because, and that's why I wanted to do this episode because I know that is the majority of who we're speaking to is women who are in these places in their life where they're really prioritizing. Like, I want to think about my health and fitness in terms of like making this something that is top of mind. And I need to get into my routines and I need to be, you know, accountable and all of these type of things. And I just think that we need to always constantly be backing up and saying, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And what is my body telling me about the effectiveness of what I'm doing here? And if you are over 40, honestly, you should start paying attention to this at 35, in my opinion. But if you are over 40, especially if you are in a routine where this is what you have done for years and years and years in your fitness, and you have not yet adjusted it to the body that comes with a 40-year-old woman, you need to rethink that. Well, you're ignoring your experience. Why would we why would we why would we gain the things that we've gained throughout this time? Like is the experience and is the knowledge. Why would we ignore all the experience and knowledge and not use it for our benefit? moving forward. And that's where some of this can be really harmful to women because each year when you kind of like set your new goals and you decide what your fitness regimen looks like or your nutrition or how you want to live your life. And if you're constantly comparing in those metrics to a younger self, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Oh, you know, like high school jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My mile time, my, my wedding dress when I was 22. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like, well, do you, we're setting our our goals and our expectations up at a place that we have, that that is going to come with failure and ignoring what we've gained along, along the road. So it's like you gain all these other points in different areas as you move through life, but you decide not to use them when it comes to knowledge and health and fitness and how we can look at some of those things. You decide, I don't want to use any of those. I want to continuously compare to this identity that I will never be again. Great. Like <laughs> that you never, because there's a lot of other things that came with that, that aren't just fitness related that came with that 
person who was then that you don't have now. So you, you want to ignore all of the things God. that you've gained. Yeah. Like you yeah. want to ignore all the things you've gained. So I, I hope that during this episode, we can a start with a growth mindset of like, what could this mean for us? And then I want you to leave with some tangible action items, basically that you can do as you move through your fitness journey, that will be helpful for you right now today to live the happiest, healthiest life. Because honestly, the goal (laughs) is to live the happiest, healthiest life and to be independent and to be experiencing life to its fullest at each stage of our journey. And in order to do that, you have to be in a vessel that can carry you through each stage of your journey. Facts. What we're going to, how we're going to break this out is we're going to kind of break it out into categories of what you should be changing in the gym if you are an athlete that is, well, listen, if you're an athlete that's aging, you, you're a human. That's, yes, <laughs> that's you're you. a human. <laughs> Unless that's there's you. any aliens listening to the podcast. As you get older, you need to do three things. You need to adjust your gym. Like it ha- you have to address it. It cannot be the same exercises that you were doing when you were 20. It just can't be. And if it is, you are just missing out on so much of the effectiveness of why we're fitnessing. In the kitchen, some things need to be changed as you get older. And these are not just like no Taco Bell at midnight. Like I'm not talking about <laughs> stuff like that. I'm talking about... Imagine like- if you did that now. <laughs> I always I mean, think about that. So <laughs> I'm like in the Wendy's line at 2 a.m. at 19, just going like, YOLO. <laughs> like, like, I, just, I just like imagine what my stomach would do. Jesus. I don't know why. I oh my God. Add a frosty. Um, <laughs> and then. We're also going to talk about outside of the gym, some of the things that need to be put in your daily routine to continue to be able to maximize your gym time. So um, let's break these out, starting with the aging athlete in the gym. All of us. Every single person. <laughs> the aging <here>. human. <laughs> the aging human in the gym. Absolutely. Step one is you need to reevaluate your movements because there are going to be some things that you did. There's going to be in some intensity levels. There's going to be just certain exercises that benefited you when you were in the younger stages of your life that are no longer serving you anymore. And so I think the first thing we need to do is look at what actual exercises we're doing in the gym and how they are helping or hurting us towards our goals. Yeah. And this covers volume, which I think we've talked about in a previous episode as well. And I just, I want to really emphasize that It's not that you cannot continue to make gains in the gym. It's not that you can continue to get stronger. We just have to be smarter about the things that we're doing and look at what our, our goals are. What, what it, what is it? What stage are we in and what are our primary goals? And one of the things we wanted to highlight is balance work. This is so, so, so important as you age. And I'm talking about for everyone because balance is key at every stage of your life. I, when I first started CrossFit in my twenties, I had noticed that like my balance wasn't as great as it was like when I was playing a sport competitively. And I was like, what is happening here? But it was because it was well, not you were something. Drunk a lot. I was drunk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Does like Goldschlager have anything to do with that? <laughs> Why am I always falling? I really throw my balance off. <laughs> Why am I always falling into a bush on Saturday nights? What's even happening? What's even happening? The 20s, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ending up in the same bush every Saturday night. <laughs> smelling like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the balance was, was struggling. <laughs> well, but I didn't work on it. And I think some of the things that we can remember about fitness is that balance is imperative 
to every aspect of your life, but you might not notice that you're losing some of it if you don't test it fairly frequently. You know, it's just even just standing on one leg. Sometimes when you're stretching, you can notice you're stretching your quad. You can notice like, can I just stand on one leg? Like, is that without holding on to something? Like, is that something I can do? That is absolutely something that you should be able to do. So if, if it's something that you notice, it's something we can work on over time. But every single movement we do in the gym is purposeful towards keeping the goal of not falling down <laughs> in a bush, in a bush. <laughs> or anywhere. I mean, here's, here's the thing about balance. It's one of those things that really, really startles people once they realize that it's declining. Cause like you said, if you're not training it all the time and you're not testing it all the time, you could all of a sudden go to do something like stand on one leg or something and be shockingly surprised. And it's unsettling, right? Because like your body autonomy and your ability to move through space and be safe. If you don't feel like you have, you're on the top of your game with balance, it's a very unsettling feeling safety wise for your body. And so like, I know a lot of TTSL athletes, like I get athletes in their forties and they're coming to the programming being like, wow, you know, you program a lot of single leg work and I can barely balance on one leg or like their non-dominant leg. Right. For now. But here's the thing is like, they didn't realize that that was a problem because they did not have enough unilateral training in their typical gym sessions. So that's why I'm saying like, as you are structuring your sessions, as you're getting older, you need to really focus on the things that we know are going to decline naturally. And so doing a lot of single leg work, doing a lot of stability work, doing agilities is super important. These are going to keep you independent and constantly reinforce those like stabilizing muscles that allow you to balance effectively. Because a lot of people think it's just like an equilibrium thing, but it's actually small stabilizing muscles that have not been worked and have been broken down over time. So it's just something that needs training. And like you said, like you can make gains at any stage. It's never too late. We want to be working on balancing work with 70 year olds, with 42 year olds. Like it is equally important. So make sure that that's in your training. You know, what's really exciting about that though? (laughs) I find the excitement in some of these things. I find the excitement in some of the TTSL athletes that are in their thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, young women that are like, Oh, I'm noticing that my balance is off and I'm going to work on that. And that is going to transfer so nicely as they age, because I, I just have, I, you know, I've seen some videos lately of one of the guys that, um, you know, I, I had seen that was training. He started it at like 82. And then I saw his, some of his like deadlifts at like 86. And like they showed, um, you know, balance when he was just like starting out and like starting to lift and like needing some assistance. And then like where he is now with needing no assistance with the bar. And it's just like, those are gains starting at 82 years old. And then looking at just like the upright positioning for him, like three years later, taking like six years off his life. Like I'm like watching this person age backwards. <laughs> it's, it's incredible to me. And I just kind of think about the body is an incredible, incredible thing. And you can see it and the capabilities are, are just wild. And um, Jenny McCall, same thing. Like she is one of our sponsored athletes by CBG and she didn't start, you know, working like as a ninja until I think she was, 67, I want to say. And, and, and she has videos of her balance being, you know, really poor when she started out. And then she has some videos where she has these kind of like cones that she's like hopping to on one leg. On one leg. Yeah. <laughs> and she's seven, uh, I think she's like 71 or two. And I'm just like, whoa, to watch that progression and that improvement. And then to like rewind some of those and think about some of the ladies that are super young in the thirties, forties, fifties. And them already noticing some of the instability and addressing that with some single leg work and, and really working on that. Like, damn, you guys are going to live to be 200. I know. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh, I love that. Um, on the note of, of weights, and I think that a lot of people probably just gasped when you said an 86-year-old deadlifting, but I actually think that this is a lot more well accepted now than it has even been a couple years ago because, I mean, this has always been true, but now like there's so much, there's so much science to support it. You absolutely must be weight training. You must be weight training. If in your younger years you can get you could get away with cardio queen shit and you know being a runner every day with with no resistance training whatsoever, that's fine. But I'm telling you that science does not support the fact that you will be able to maintain that without resistance training. You must lift them weights. The older you get, the more important it is. And so if your routine up until this point has been like four days a week of running and that's where you get your exercise, if it's been a lot of Zumba classes or cardio kind of step classes or like anything like that where you're not getting much resistance, please, please, I'm asking you to start now because it this is so important. Please put two days of weight training into your week and watch your gains just like ridiculously take off like you never thought that they would. I'm so glad every time you say that because I think that this is one of the most common things that is particularly frustrating for women and especially around this time of year. They do what they always did and what they considered to work around this time, whether it was to change body composition, fat loss, whatever. And then they find that over the years it no longer works. And it it is generally accompanied with a lot of pain and injury. So repetitive movements like, well, every time, you know, I decide that I needed to reevaluate my fitness journey. What I actually hear, which I'm like not supporting, is just like every time I've decided like I need to lose weight, I did X, Y, Z, and that always worked for me. I mean, like we have to evaluate what worked because you keep doing it and it's not sustainable over a long period of time, but that's another conversation. (laughs) Talk about that later. (laughs) Talk about that later. But they find at certain points in their journey that it no longer works. And there's a variety of factors that like need to be taken into consideration there. If you haven't listened to some of our episodes on hormones, that's a really important one. But what we talk about on during those episodes as well is what weight training means for your body and the ability to do some of those other things that you might enjoy a little bit more during your fitness. Maybe you're a runner. Running is an extremely repetitive movement. A lot of people are running long distances over and over impact knees, ankles, hips. And if we continue that impact over time without building supportive muscle that is supporting your bones and the rest of your body in the impact, you're going to get injured. And the thing about it is that once women hit a premenopausal, perimenopausal age, which just by the way, that's 38. So anybody just being like, Oh, I don't know about, I'm not there yet. Like a lot of women are, are there and haven't really like adjusted to that fact, but the muscle that you have is going to be harder maintain and building new muscle is going to be more difficult. And also you're going to be losing muscle mass at the fastest rate that you've ever seen in your life so far. So you may have always run and been able to keep on enough muscle to support that. But as you reach these ages, your muscle will decline. And if you are doing nothing to counteract that, the things that you've always done are not going to go, they're not going to go well anymore. So I'm saying if you're 40, three times a week, three times a week, you need to be hitting them weights. That's what I, that's what I need from you, sis. I need this. I need you to do this (laughs) because I know what the future holds without it. And I know what the future holds with it. And I'm just, I'm begging you to get on the weights right now, today. The other thing you need to address movement wise is you need to be pulling more than you're pushing. Now this, um, I think it, you know, it's easy to speak to men on this because their whole life, they've been overdeveloping their chest, likely. And what we end up seeing in old age is this rounding of the of the upper back, right? And a lot of times that's due to chest muscles that are far too tight. And as a result, 
the upper back and the shoulders are pulled forward. And so we start seeing people aging with that hump. But now it's even more relevant because we have phones, computers, like we are in that position constantly. It's not even just like former high school players that we're seeing with this hunched back anymore. It's everyone. And if you are going, listen, we're not taking out pushing. Okay. We're keeping our push-ups. We're keeping our bench press. We're keeping all of that. But as you get older, after 40, I would say, I want you to pull two to one that you push because we want to make sure that the upper back muscles are supporting the fact that you can have a, you can be in a position where your posture is correct. Overdeveloping your chest muscles is a dangerous, dangerous game, especially in the world of technology. I don't want to see you aging in a way that doesn't allow you to sit up straight anymore. That is the most like painful thing to me. So I want everybody over 40 to be pulling two to one to what they're pushing. Pull-ups, inverted rows, bent over rows, anything where you're actually physically pulling that can be on a horizontal plane or a vertical plane. I don't care. But that is the motion that I want to see you doing two to one when it comes to upper body stuff. Hang on. I have been told that, what's the numbers? 70%. 78. Over 70% of you guys listening to this podcast have not subscribed. So please do me a favor right now. It really, really helps us. Do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. You're listening every week. We're besties in here together talking about everything fitness and life. And you haven't subscribed yet. So be sure to hit the subscribe button right now and subscribe to our podcast. See, honestly, pulling is so important for every single person because of the environment that we live in and the technology that we, in the, just the overall lifestyle that we are living as we, as we have progressed. I don't know, progressed, I'm going to put that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to air bunny that. <laughs> so anything that is, su- it is important for every person is, is, is exasperated as you get older. So we can already tell, like, I know that anyone listening to when you started talking about pulling, like pulled their shoulders back, like, I think that every person listening was like, Oh, I know exactly what she's talking about. I know what we're trying to avoid. And I know the type of injury and pain that comes with a forward, the forward shoulder is kind of leaning, hunching over. Everything we do is in front of us. So it only makes sense that we have to counteract everything that we're doing on a daily basis with a pulling motion. And I just want to, these are things that I think can be done. You don't need to be in a gym to do any of those. These are exercises that you should absolutely incorporate in your session. But When you're just thinking about like, how could I pull, if you get a band at home and you're just working on banded pull-aparts, what we really want to do is be doing face pulls, banded pull-aparts, anything that is pulling their shoulders back and is strengthening the upper back to be able to, to support you pulling your shoulders back comfortably. These are very small things that can be done on a daily basis that can make a massive difference for your health and longevity. Absolutely. And we're not only building up the muscles that support strong posture, but we're also mobilizing them. So if you have never had any upper thoracic mobility in your warm up or cool down session, I want you to put that in right away, especially if you're over 35. I want you to be constantly mobilizing that upper back so that you can feel the position of rolling your shoulders back and down and never lose the range of motion that allows you to strengthen that because so much of what we see with athletes is like we when we get to people that have aged in this way and they have that rounded upper back and they aren't able to get in that position anymore. We can't even work on strengthening it because we don't have the range of motion. Yeah. You can see this a lot with men. I know a lot of yeah. women are, are thinking about, cause you can see it with very young men too. They have mm-hmm. overdeveloped pec muscles. You, they're constantly working. It's a 
back. It's like buys, <laughs> buys and chest. And if you think about what that really is, like overdeveloping those, shortening those muscles without lengthening them, it gets everything pulled in. So like when they overdevelop that, those, those chest muscles doing a ton of bench, everyone, everyone is thinking about their husband just doing their high school bench press. They come back, we've got to bench so much. Like their range of motion is like this much. They can't even pull their shoulders back. And you're like, we need to lengthen. You're shortening all of that and we really need to pull it back and we need to lengthen. And I know it's not the sexiest exercises to do like banded pull-aparts, but in like longevity health-wise, like that's actually what you need to be doing. Totally. So, all right, let's go in the kitchen now. Let's go in the kitchen. You've got a plan (laughs) for the gym, how we're going to age gracefully and the new things that our body needs. And now we're going to go to the kitchen and we're going to reassess what your new body your new body that you get like every year, <laughs> um, what it needs. Every four weeks. Well, true. If you're a woman, I know, I know. It's just, this is why we have to keep reevaluating all the time because it's I like, watch, I watch this, um, I watch this hormones. video about a woman being like, if you think your girlfriend is an, is a new person every week, you're right. And here's why <laughs> it talks about science like like each stage like hormonally like what that what that looks like like when you're like in a certain stage of being like oh she's feeling like a little bit more flirty she's the devil like it's just like week to week day to day it's like no you're right no but this is the thing is we're talking about this we're breaking this down in terms of years you can literally break it down in terms of days when it comes to women so like guys just constantly be checking in with your bad because she's a she's a loony (laughs) so in the kitchen as we get older we know we've been saying this to women of all ages but it becomes particularly important in the older years we need to increase protein immediately just increase your protein i don't care really what age you are but just know that your ability to sustain muscle is going to is in a continuous decline and so protein is the macro that supports muscle growth the most and so we want to make sure that we're getting that in good amounts. I want a compilation of like how many times we say in oh my women to increase protein. Like it over the like years, it would just be like episode. increase protein, increase protein. <laughs> like, I was thinking of something. Could you maybe increase your protein? <laughs> I know. Over the years, like how many times have we said that? I don't like know. other podcasts will be like, but are you cutting your calories? We're like, are you increasing your protein? <laughs> keep saying it. I don't feel any shame about it either. either. I don't feel any shame at all. Another thing as you get older is you definitely want to pay pay a little more attention to your calcium intake. So like if you can't do dairy, that's fine, but you need to be looking at how much calcium is going in. Obviously we know osteoporosis. We know bone density breakdown. Calcium supports healthy bones. If you can't get it, maybe you can supplement it. I know that is bothersome to some people's stomachs as well, but um, at least be cognizant of it as a nutrient that maybe you hadn't paid attention to when you were younger, right? And same thing with vitamin D. We see a steady decline in vitamin D as the body ages. And it is so important for like numerous reasons. So important for you to move to a sunny state. (laughs) (laughs) Can't recommend that enough. But if you can't do that, there are vitamin D supplements, but you're not making and producing as much naturally as you once were. And as far as your recovery goes, as far as the health of your body goes, it is instrumental that you have adequate amounts of vitamin D. We've seen mortality rates literally affected by vitamin D supplement alone. You need to be drinking more water. I heard this this is a weird thing that um, as you age, sometimes there are, um, there's a, like a thirst decrease in your like signaling that you, your body doesn't tell you that you're thirsty as much. 
I don't know. Uh, I've never heard of that before I was looking at this study, but I do know that hormonally things, when things change like that, sometimes your water intake or like the way that you hydrate or the way that you sweat changes. I mean, everybody that has hot flashes is like, I know what you're saying. Oh my God. Like, like you're sweating at times that you weren't before stuff like that. So you need to watch your water intake. It's very important that like, I know we've, you know, we, we say that for people of all ages, but there you go. There you go. <laughs> Take a sip. What's in there? Oh, no, your other, your coffee's in the clear one. Okay. I yeah. saw that. All right. Yeah, good this for one's you. Water. Two to one. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. We need two to one. And last but not least, if you haven't thought about it, I would like you to consider a creatine supplement. There's a lot of new research coming out that creatine in small daily doses or in short, larger doses for the aging body is like super good. We know that it's a major, it's a major factor when it comes to muscle growth and repair. So like when we're looking at the things we're kind of like air bunnies losing, this is one of those things that can kind of pump you up at a time when like testosterone, estrogen, the, the things that you previously relied on aren't, they're not in... <laughs> I don't want to like make this like a a negative, but they're they're not in reserves like you once had them, guys. <laughs> Protein. <laughs> you were holding it in the whole time. The whole time. I don't know why. Why are you the way you are? Why am I the way that I am? I want to say one thing about creatine. Protein. <laughs> so, personal experience with creatine is so if you decide that you're going to add some creatine into your supplements either on a daily basis or you know every other day whatever you need to make sure you're increasing your water intake because as you take creatine you need to have a surplus of hydration in there or you're going to start to feel terrible <laughs> any seriously, any supplement that you add, like yeah. you're asking more of your kidneys when you're supplementing something like creatine. Yeah. So like you gotta flush them. Yeah. So that that's a that's a main thing when it comes to creatine and thinking about what your current kidney function is and knowing your body. If you tend to have problems in these areas, you need to be particularly careful when it comes to adding in anything, but when it comes to adding in creatine, because, um, it, it is, it requires more from your kidneys. So if that is kind of like an Achilles heel for you, <laughs> <laughs> um, increase your water, be purposeful about it and do it at the top. Like say you're taking in some of your creatine, like add in the full water that you're adding the creatine into, and then take an entire nut glass of water right after. And then consistently, con I know this, this is hard cause it's like, well, I'm trying to live my life. Um, but then consistently have the water throughout the day. But I would suggest just initially taking a full glass of water right after, I think it can help just um, head you off in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, you can definitely talk if you have like a trusted physician that knows you and you feel like you can really talk to about this. I think that is a great source when you're thinking about adding in any supplement is just talking to your doctor about it and being like, hey, let's weigh benefits. Like, do you know anything about this? Just, you know, sitting down with them and having an honest conversation. All right. We're going outside of the kitchen now and we're going outside of the gym we're going into our lives. <laughs> We're going deep dive into your life. This is sad news for some people, all the type A's out there. You need more recovery days. I'm sorry to tell you if the gym is your therapy, I totally get that. But there, you need to be able to bring down the intensity, the number of intense days that you have per week as you ages needs to be relative. It needs to stay in balance. The amount of intensity that you can have at 20 and the amount of intensity that you can have at 45, they're just not the same. 
here's the thing. You're going to get more out of your sessions and you're going to be able to make the gains that you want to make if you listen to this advice, because your body needs a certain amount of recovery. You need to be smarter and you need to be smarter about your gains and use the knowledge that you've already had. The thing is, is that like a lot of times younger athletes could have actually made bigger gains if they would have rested more. But you can get away. It's like a hard truth, but like you can get away with it. But as you get older, you can't get away with it as much. So you have, that doesn't mean you have to like totally stay out of the gym. Focus on the things that are actually going to move the needle for you. A lot of those, a lot of those things are mobility and stretching, getting more sleep, but you could go, but getting a mobility session in is part of your workout. That's part of the things that are actually going to move the needle for you and allow you to comfortably do movements that you, you want to be able to do like your shoulder mobility is extremely important and being purposeful, your hip mobility, all the things being purposeful about how you incorporate those into your training regimen is imperative. And we're not just, you know, making up that like, ah, you just, you don't recover as well as you once did. It's not like I got a bad knee. We're not just making this up just to like lament. This is, these are direct effects of hormone levels. I mean, you know, you're losing testosterone and estrogen, you know, oh, collagen is also another thing that is, is responsible there. And then here's a weird thing. You know how old people, old people, <laughs> the older you get, like you, I, I just, I didn't know this. You produce less melatonin um, naturally. And that is why the older you get, like the, the poorer your sleep quality sometimes, because um, and the less you sleep in general is because you're not, your body isn't producing as much natural melatonin to support healthy sleep habits. And so when you repair guys, <laughs> is when you're sleeping. That's when you do the vast majority of your repair. If you are sleeping less, your recovery is just not as good. If you have less of these recovery hormones, your recovery is just not as good. And I'm not saying that in a way of like, we'll just give up. What I'm saying is look at what it is and say like, Okay, so if I push through this, is that going to lead to injuries, plateaus, like increased level of cortisol so that I am not seeing the kind of body comp changes that I want to like, you're just working backwards at that point. It's not that you're just like working harder just to work harder. You are actually like doing harm to your progress at that point. So I'm not telling you to rest because I think like you could use it. I'm telling you to rest because that's the only way to progress in the gym. Well, I just think when you don't, you're not using the knowledge and experience that you gain throughout your life. Like you can think about this with any other athlete, like how professional athletes, let's go there for a second. Like when you think about how the behavior of a professional athlete when they're younger compared to the experience that they have as they just get more experience as an athlete, as they, as they get calmer, as they know which shots to make, which, which ways to which things to focus on in their game. And you're doing the same thing. You're looking at what to focus on in your game with a calm, knowledgeable head because you've gained experience. So through those experiences, you know that recovery is extremely important. Sleep is extremely important. And when you start to invest in those things, you see gains, you see a tremendous amount of gains. And that's because you're using that experience. Smarter, not harder. You're so you're smarter, not harder, I and that's know, why, like, I, I don't it. want this this whole like this to sound like, well, it's just going, you know, all your numbers are going to go down. No, I've watched so many other athletes PR numbers like well, like well after they thought they had hit their their athletic potential, and it's like, well, women peak way later, first of all, and once they use their experience and start to maximize the body that you have right now. The potential is endless. I remember you telling me about how you couldn't believe the PRs of a friend that you had that had cut way back on her training. She's over 40 and she had cut way back on her training and she started PRing like a lunatic. And you were like, how is this possible? Train less, PR more. Yeah. If you're over 40. Yeah. That's yes. 
Yeah. Just yes to that. Well, yes to that. And it's just like, she had dialed in so much of her experience over the years. And I was like, well, yeah, you always look to her for experience and for advice. And then it's like, well, obviously she's using that. (laughs) Like she's using those tools. She's got something you don't have. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) she has the experience. And the more I like lean into some of those things and think about like, well, what, what are the things that I would need to do right now to continue to get better? Is it just, is it beating down movements like I already have? No, it's working on some of the range of motion stuff. It's working on some of the recovery stuff. It's dialing in some of the things that are actually going to help you move the needle. And I think some of the, that leans right into like investing in some of your gear, which again, comes with experience over years that that you guys have, have gained and looking at what some of those things are shoes, shoes are so important. Your leggings are number one, obviously, but, (laughs) but looking at making sure that you have a, a good pair of shoes that don't, it's like one, it's kind of funny because you look at some of the, like in your twenties and they're just going for like what the look of it is. And I'm like, ugh. Listen, it's, it can't be cute anymore. Okay. I mean, it can be, no, it they're doing be it cute. better. They're doing it better. But here's the thing. It's not about the cute. Anymore. It's not the main focus. No. And it's just like how it, you think about like, also like it, it, it will always come in your mind of like what the potential would be if I had the right pair of shoes on and the right mattress and like the things instead of like sleeping on a futon and wearing Nikes, like <laughs> what were we doing here? What but you didn't have that doing? experience. But If you continue down the road of like not investing in things like because you never have before, say, oh, it never really made a difference. I didn't have lower back pain when I was 25 and I was wearing Converse to deadlift. Like, listen, you're not the same. And thank God for that. And you need to invest in two things. This is my two areas most important. Shoes and mattresses. That if you want to be a successful athlete as you age, you need to have the like a focus on what is on your feet. Like stop wearing heels, first of all. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just no, no, and no. Stop wearing flats. Stop wearing slides. These are things that like are genuinely distorting the way your foot walks on the ground. Like, stop it. You need a large toe box in your (laughs) shoes. Okay. Numerous squished toes. You need a large toe box. You need shoes that cost a lot of money. Honestly, (laughs) this is one of those things where it's like, it's worth the cost. Like it it is a get what you pay for situation. You need shoes that are freaking made for an athlete. You need to invest in things like inserts, You know, you need to like look at your foot and the way that it strikes the ground and have a customized approach to like what shoes fit that. Some people do best with minimalist shoes. Some people need a whole ass pillow under them. Yeah, it's (laughs) definitely very individualized. Yeah. And same thing with your mattresses. If you're sleeping on a 10 year old mattress and you think you're going to like go crush in the gym and like have no lower back pain, are you insane? Like save your pennies for a good mattress. A lot of studies have shown that as people age, they need a firmer mattress than they ever have. Some people are like still sleeping on their pillow top and like, oh, this is what I find comfy. That's okay. But just know that as you age, you're going to need more support for your hips, back and knees. So as you sleep, the firmer your mattress, the more in line all of those things can naturally be without you having to like use muscle compensation to get it there. So don't skimp on your mattress. Don't sleep on 10 year old mattresses. Like this is, these are two areas I would put all my money if I was, as I am an aging (laughs) athlete. (laughs) I'm an aging athlete, good shoes and a good mattress. Mm, yeah, I love that. I just think that a lot of people have made some of these adjustments. Like as you have, if you're in touch with your body and you notice some of these things, you make some of those adjustments as you go. Like when I started sleeping with like a pillow under my knees, I was like, is this it, is this it for me? But my hips are so much more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from a food 
futon in the middle of like a like who God knows whose apartment. Yeah, like I could sleep anywhere at one point. Yeah. Like you could just find me at the airport, Mail. like sleeping on the ground. <laughs> like I could sleep anywhere, and now I'm like, well, is this sound machine on? <laughs> Dark room, a mask, <laughs> the exactly seventy degrees. A blowing. <laughs> I'm going to call that experience. Oh my God. <laughs> extra, extra. The last thing that I need you to be doing every single day, every single day, if you are a human that's getting older, which is all of us. If you're a human. <laughs> you got to decompress your spine. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Decompress your, your spine. Gravity, man. Okay. Gravity is weird. <laughs> the longer you're on the planet, the more gravity you experience. And gravity is constantly compressing your spine. Not only that, but if you have been training your most of your life, you may have been back squatting. You may have been running. You may have, whatever you were doing was compressing your spine. We have to actively work against Think because everything needs balance, right? Sitting. So, <laughs> you, oh, if you've been on the planet and you've been walking anywhere, <laughs> if you've been sitting in a chair, like we have to do the opposite of that. And what decompressing your spine does is it creates negative pressure between your discs. And so like when you have space between the discs, it allows like a whole bunch of blood to come in there and it's all nutrient rich and it's all fluids that are going to help those discs repair. And that is often why we see people as they get older suffering with disc damage and back pain that it's just the discs not repairing and we need to flood them with fluids so that they can repair. So the way you do that is negative compression and how you do it is honestly, these can be done multiple times a day. They should be done multiple times a day and they're super easy to do things like hanging from a bar in a passive position. If you have like, anytime you're at a playground, oh, just decompress your spine automatically. If you see a bar hanging above you, just decompress your spine. It doesn't matter if you need assistance on the hang, that's totally fine. It's still creating that negative, that negative pressure. And then like things like child's pose, cat cow. You can even do that kitchen counter stretch where you hold your hands out on the kitchen counter and just pull down with your body. It's so important, you guys, to keep your spine healthy. It's just going to allow you to do so much more of what you love to do on the planet without pain. Almost all of the things that you just named can be done anywhere. Can be done in your house, in the office right now. It's just like you can do any of those anywhere. And I was going to say, if you do need assistance, like if hanging from the bar is not something that you can do yet, like you can't hold and support your body weight from the bar yet, that's totally fine. If you're, if you have a box and you just like put one leg off and let it hang and then do the other side, same thing. We just need to create, we just need to elongate there. The same thing can be done. Um, if you attach a band to the rig or anything that will support your body. You put it around your foot, you scoot yourself back, you're laying on the ground and you're just pull, your leg is pulling away from the rest of your body. That's creating space there. And that's just you laying on the ground. That's like my favorite. I know that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll lay there forever. Cause I just, that, <laughs> that like release. Well, it's people that have like a, that you have like sort of a pelvis that tends to get stuck. Yep. <laughs> like the hips. That's your, that's your, that's my Achilles. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So any of those, know. like that, that hundred percent, you have to know. Some of the people are like, Oh, I, you know, I hear this when I, or I feel this when I think about my shoulders or whatever. For me, it's definitely my hips. So like they have a tendency to rotate and get stuck. So in order to counteract some of that, that is a really great thing for me. But if you haven't tried that, guys, I would really implore you to just try it out because you're just essentially you just need a band and to lay on the ground. Sturdy. Thing doing the opposite of what gravity does to you all day. It's so, so it feels amazing. All right. So, guys, I want you to keep in mind these are not surrenders, right? We're not putting up the white flag. Okay. These are just changes. They are not 
insuperior to what you were doing before. They are just different and they are representing the needs of a different person. And we don't like make that negative when it comes to anything else. And so we shouldn't with fitness either. No, if you think of growth in any other way and think about what that means to you and what that means for your life and how you have grown throughout the years and the things that you've gained and all the experiences that came along with that, I want you to think about your body and fitness in the same way. Like you are growing and progressing and you're learning along the way and you're going to need to implement the things that you've learned. A lot of times in the health and fitness journey, we just really don't implement the things that we've learned along the way. It's like this subset that just has just one way of doing things forever. Even though also it's a one size fits all approach. It's like the best is high intensity. It's like, we didn't ask your age your fitness backgrounds, what gender you are. Like it's just a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that we have to start to think about and go from a place of growth. When you start this, when you start to think about like, okay, what are some of those things that are going to, that I'm going to implement? And how is that going to help me grow as a person who grows an athlete? How is that going to help me reach my goals that are always changing and that I have set for myself? And that doesn't mean I have to dial back my goals. That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying you can continue to progress. You can continue to be an amazing athlete. You could continue to be the best athlete you've ever been in your life. You just need to, wherever you are, wherever you are right now, you just need to do that with the actual blueprint, with the layout that you have right now and not be working off of someone else's blueprint or another body's blue, your blueprint at a different time because you have a different blueprint now. And, you know, noticing that, having that as something that you accept and not only accept, but are excited about mapping out this new way to be the best athlete you've ever been. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I mean, people have been, you know, starting to change this narrative and starting to think about like what open up the possibilities of when you can start fitness, when you can live your, you know, your best life, when you can make health and fitness the top of your priority. And a lot of people And it's obviously never too late, but I just hope that we don't get to the point where we have to start thinking about it because it's all we can think about. We get to an age where it's like, it's all we can think about. I hope that we can start to think about what that means and what those possibilities are earlier. And if you're, or someone, you know, is in the later, later stages of their life and you're thinking about like, wow, I can see that they're hunched over a lot. I can see that some of these things have taken place. There is so much possibility there. It doesn't rely on, well, when I was in high school, this, well, tell me about right now. Tell me about your seventies. Tell me about what you're doing right now to get stronger today. And how is that reflective of the body that you're currently in? Because there's a ton of opportunity there. And we really want to maximize what that opportunity means. Yeah. We don't ever want to overlook an opportunity at any age. So we hope this has been helpful for you guys, how to age gracefully as an athlete and tell us what you are doing or what you have noticed works better for you in your new body that you woke up in today. Yeah. What's your experience that you've gained for your experience? Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.